What kind of jewelry does the Easter Bunny wear? Fourteen karat gold. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Starting Sustainability. This is episode 139. I am your host, Kaylin Chenoweth. I wish I could say the past two weeks were less stressful and less eventful than the previous episode's catch-up segment, but they were not. When we lived in Florida, we made really good friends with a wonderful couple. Their names are April and Carol. At that point in time, Channing's family, well, still does, <laughs> Channing's family lives in Texas and mine are here in Indiana. And when we lived in Florida, we hung out with April and Carol all the time, became good friends. We would visit Carol's parents, Don and Linda, and their home for holiday celebrations, as well as Friday night board games, campfires, swimming in the pool. And they really took us in and made us a part of the family. It is very sad to report that Linda passed away on March 16th. So this has hit hard and everybody is very sad right now. On a slightly improved note, I did make homemade chocolate syrup this past weekend. I saw a recipe in a canning group on Facebook and the recipe was titled Better Than Hershey's Chocolate Syrup and I'm a bit of a chocolate snob. <laughs> I really, really like chocolate. That is my weakness. And I was very excited about this recipe and I wanted to get the kids involved in the kitchen process. So they put on their Spider-Man aprons that I got them at the farmer's market last fall and we took turns measuring and pouring the sugar, cocoa powder, water. That's really it. That's all it is. <laughs> it's just three ingredients. It's pretty simple. Mixed it all up, made a huge gigantic mess, but I did anticipate that. So that was not the shocking part or surprising part. They were very good. They helped me clean up the mess. And then I sent them off to watch TV because the next step was to cook the chocolate syrup on the stove. You have to bring it to a boil and then continuously stir it while it's boiling for 10 minutes. And that turns it from a chocolate water into a chocolate syrup at that point in time. The baby was very fussy. So I held her in my left arm on my hips while I stirred the pot with my right arm. The syrup boiled very quickly, much quicker than I had anticipated, and a big bubble burst and molten lava syrup landed on my wrist. And this is already a sensitive part of the body. <laughs> so with the whisk in hand, I flicked my hand and wrist trying to get the syrup off with no luck because it was syrup and it's sticky. But the super hot syrup did fly off the whisk and went everywhere. Luckily it did not land on the baby or another part of me. That was pretty stupid of me, but in the heat of the moment, I was clearly not thinking. So I just dropped the whisk and turned on the cold water and put my wrist under it, which was instant relief. Then Colt came into the kitchen because he heard the commotion and he lectured me on making a mess, which I found slightly amusing and a little bit annoyed because I was in pain. <laughs> then on purpose, this kid stepped into the chocolate syrup and walked all over the kitchen making footprints. I didn't really see this too well because I was facing the sink and I was only half paying attention to him. But when I turned around, I saw it and I followed the footprints out of the kitchen, down the hallway, down the stairs. Don't worry, everything's got white carpet on it. So the chocolate syrup footprints were just wonderful. No, no, they were not. <laughs> I did make him clean up what he could of that. And he was resistant because he was having fun making a mess, but he did clean it up. Since you have to 
constantly stir the chocolate syrup while it's boiling, I stopped because my skin was burning. Therefore, the chocolate syrup now burnt to the bottom of the pan. Sad face. I finally was able to set the baby down in a safe place. I put cold mustard on my wrist, cleaned up the chocolate foot so it would stop making footprints all over the place. Then I got a much longer spoon and resumed the boiling and the stirring process. I did finally end up with three pints of extremely rich and delicious chocolate syrup that did not taste burnt, (laughs) which was my big worry and concern at that point in time. It was definitely stuck on the bottom of the pan. It was burnt on stuck cocoa and I scrubbed and I let it soak overnight. It was not coming off. I ended up with a few hard lessons learned during all of this process, and I did post this whole experience up on the Facebook group starting sustainability. I titled it Another Sustainability Fail, and I'll tell you what, I love our group so much. Many people remind me it was not a fail, it was a challenge, that's for sure, but I did in fact make homemade chocolate syrup to reduce the plastic bottle consumption in our home. Yes, I did do that. (laughs) The mess and the burn was part of the fail, but I did ultimately succeed. Also, we eventually just gave up on getting the burnt stuff off the bottom of the pan and just ran it through the dishwasher just to see how it would turn out. When Channing unloaded the dishwasher and went to put it away, he heard a weird crackling sound. The pan was still hot because we had just finished the dishwasher process. The pan was still hot and he pulled it up. And as it was cooling down, that burnt on layer is what was cracking and peeled right off. (laughs) So that dishwasher is pretty darn amazing. Something else to note in terms of our private lives. This past week, our primary sitter went on a 10 day cruise for her spring break vacation. Hey, I don't blame her at all. But that means the kids are home with us during the day, every day. And with two work from home parents, that means the kids were kept alive, but very neglected. There's a lot of TV doing the babysitting for us. We did eventually find a sitter to come to the house during the day to play with them and stimulate their brains and take care of them while we were in meetings and on calls and whatnot. What all this means is that my usual routine of putting together the podcast during my lunch breaks was completely eliminated. As a direct result, today's episode will be short and sweet (laughs) because I don't have much time to record. I don't have much time to edit. (laughs) In good news, we do need to end on a good note for this segment. In good news, I am very much looking forward to this weekend because for Channing's birthday last month, I bought tickets to his favorite country music artist, Cody Johnson, and we are going to go see him live in Illinois. It's a bit of a drive, and we were lucky enough to score an overnight sitter so we could enjoy the concert and then crash at a nearby hotel afterwards and then drive home the next morning. Stay tuned for the next episode to hear how that went. In the meantime, let's focus on the next holiday, which is Easter. Yep, Easter's coming up in two weeks. That means now is the time to start a living Easter basket. Screw the plastic fake Easter grass that falls out of the basket and makes a huge mess everywhere. Make a living Easter basket instead. It's very easy. You get a cute Easter basket, line it with some plastic like an old Walmart sack, fill it with dirt, Place grass seeds on top and add a little water. The grass will grow in one week. That means as of right now, you still have one week to gather supplies and pull it off this upcoming weekend. So it'll be ready in time for Easter weekend. 
For those who are new listeners, we like to grow the grass as a way to replace the plastic Easter grass. It's a simple, easy science experiment or craft for your kids to learn from. It reduces plastic and it's a nice cushion for eggs in the basket. Depending on the grass you grow, you can eat it too, like wheatgrass. You can just add it to your smoothie in the morning. I personally don't do that. I think it tastes gross, but hey, some people might like it. When it comes to dyeing Easter eggs, of course you can go to the store and get a kit that has a bunch of dye and plastic and plastic cups and plastic wrap and it ends up all getting trashed and thrown away and we don't like that here in sustainability world. We want to not do that. One of the best ways to not do that is to find an alternative method, which is dyeing your eggs using natural ingredients. And a lot of these you'll be able to find in your kitchen already, making it very easy and simple. You're going to need some big jars <laughs> that you can fit eggs in, or at least some type of container that you'd be able to put the colored water in and then put the eggs in and not have it spill out over the edge. The easiest would be the large jars. Obviously you'll need eggs because <laughs> you gotta dye them. But the other ingredients are very simple after that. You will need boiling water, a lot. A lot of boiling water, depending on how many colors you want to make. And you'll also need white vinegar just to get started. So first we're gonna boil a bunch of water, a lot, a lot of water. For all of the colors, any color that you pick, you'll need two cups boiling water and one to two tablespoons of white vinegar. Then the part that gives it color would be the food additive. To create the color pink or dark pink, almost red, you'll take beets and cut them up into chunks, add them into the boiling water. Let the natural colors seep out of the beets. When you're at the desired color, turn off the boiling water, turn off the stove, let the water cool a little bit, remove the beets, and now you've got water you can use to dye with. To create a nice yellow or gold color, you can grab fresh or dried turmeric, about four tablespoons of the dried turmeric, you can take fresh one and grate it, cut it up, chop it up, also place it in the boiling water until the water extracts the dyed color that you're wanting. Again, let it cool and remove the food scraps, just strain it out. And to create the color blue, you would actually take red cabbage, which is very purple. You'll take the red purple <laughs> cabbage, again, rough cuts of chopping it up, putting it in the boiling water until you get the, the dye color that you're looking for. Again, turn off the water, let it cool down, remove the food. And now you have your primary colors, red, yellow, blue. And with those, you can combine them together to create the other colors right? Red and yellow make orange, blue and yellow make green, red and blue make purple. And now you're all caught up with the kindergartners. <laughs> Depending on how much dye you need to make and how many eggs you'll be dyeing, then that's why I was saying you might need a lot, a lot of water. So the, the recipe is calling for two cups boiling water, one to two tablespoons of white vinegar, but you could easily double or triple it to get a bigger volume of dyed water. That way you can mix parts of the dyed waters together to create new colors. You can also make life much more complex, boil up more water and get more ingredients. Onion peels will help give you that orange color, especially a red onion or a yellow onion. You can pull the peels from that. You can get fresh herbs like cilantro and use that, boil that to get the green color. You can even get blueberries and smash those up to help get that beautiful indigo color, which is that purplish blue, and get that shade. I like to keep things simple, so my plan of action 
is to create three colors, the primary colors, red, yellow, and blue, in large volume so I can divvy them up and mix them to create other colors. Less work, less mess, less pots and pans going on the stove. Just keep things simple. Because I know my kids are going to want to help. And we've already seen how boiling things go when kids help. <laughs> okay, in their defense, they were not there in the kitchen when the chocolate syrup boiled, they were gone. So clearly I just don't do well with boiling things and I need to minimize that as much as possible because I only have two wrists and one is out of commission and all bandaged up. The biggest difference between the natural dyes versus the ones you can buy in the store is that the ones you do in the store, you can dip the egg in, let it sit a minute, pull it out. If you let it sit two or three minutes, it's even darker. If you let it sit five minutes or 10 minutes, and it's even darker. With the natural dyes, you're gonna put them in the jars, put them in the fridge and let it sit overnight. It's not quick. It's gonna take a lot longer and that's okay. We all need to learn patience anyways. Just explain that to your kids. This is a, a different way of dyeing the eggs, but it is kind of fun to put them all in there and then wake up the next morning and be excited to pull them all out and see what the colors look like. Now for the eggs, getting eggs from a local farmer will help support the local economy and is encouraged. However, the caveat is fresh eggs will not peel easily when you hard boil them. Old eggs or eggs from the store, because by the time they get to the store and you buy them, they're like eight weeks old, between six and eight weeks old at that point in time. Those do peel very easily. If you already knew about this and you got some fresh eggs and tucked them into the back of your refrigerator to hold about a month ago, then this would work out really well. <laughs> but if you're getting fresh eggs right now to hard boil and dye, just note they're gonna be a big old pain in the butt to peel. That's okay, I'm just warning you in advance to expect that. Something else I want to mention is that farm fresh eggs could be white or brown. However, if you find a cool chicken farmer, really hip one, they may have chickens that lay blue, green, or purple colored eggs. Yes, those really do exist. Just like there are breeds of dogs, there are breeds of chickens, and different breeds produce different colored eggs. Now these are specialty breeds, they're rare, but you can find them. The Americana chicken, the Olive Eggar chicken, and the Easter Eggar chickens all lay these different colored of eggs, blue, greens, and purples. Purples are very, very rare. You're more likely to find the blue and the green, but it's just really, really cool in my eyes. So if you wanna skip the whole hassle of dyeing eggs altogether, just go buy some farm fresh, already colored eggs and use those for Easter. When it comes to hiding and finding eggs, there are a few different tips to reduce the plastic. If you already have plastic eggs, Great, keep them and just reuse them year after year. I still have the same ones that I got when Channing and I were dating <laughs> a long, long time ago. If you want to reduce the amount of plastic, try getting creative with what you place in the eggs. Instead of individually wrapped candies, you can get one bag of candies where you can place a few pieces in each egg, like M&Ms, Skittles, jelly beans. That way you're reducing each individual piece being wrapped with plastic. We do have bigger eggs big size eggs and you can fit bigger things in them like cookies, fruit snacks, matchbox cars, little mini play-dohs, Legos, and other tiny toys that my kids basically forgot we already owned. <laughs> this works really well with little little kids. As they get older they do notice the reuse of their toys. However, as they get older, they also understand the value of money and you can put coins and bills, reloadable gift cards in the eggs as well and they will be just as excited, I promise. 
And once your kids are adults and you still want to host Easter and make it fun, then you can put mini alcohol bottles inside of these larger plastic eggs. I definitely did that for Channing when we were dating. <laughs> I don't drink, but he does, and he very much enjoyed that Easter egg hunt. It was hard to get him into the Easter spirit, but that helped a lot. <laughs> I have even seen Easter egg hunts where they hid cans of beer all over the house and yard for people to find. There are so many creative opportunities. Other ideas for stuffing the plastic eggs include leftover candy from other holidays, other little trinkets left over like stickers, keychains, bouncy balls, craft supplies, toys, even sunglasses, reusable water bottles, reusable cups, sidewalk chalk, bubbles, all, all of it. There are a lot, a lot of options here. Because of my background in food service, I do want to have a nice little safety note, a friendly reminder that fresh eggs right from a chicken's butt that have not been washed can be stored all over the house at room temperature for days, weeks actually. However, once you wash them, placing them in water vinegar to dye them counts as a wash. Boiling them to hard boil them also counts as a wash. So once they've been washed, you now have a limited amount of time for them to be out of the refrigerator. You have four hours at room temperature. If the eggs are room temperature when you dye them and then you hide them around the house, you've got four hours maximum before you have to discard them. If the eggs are refrigerated and they start off cold when you go hide them around the house, then you have up to six hours to find them and eat them. But at the six hour mark, the bacteria count is too high and they must be discarded. I think this is why many people are in favor of the plastic eggs because then you don't have to worry about a foodborne illness <laughs> or having a real egg hidden too well where nobody can find it, including you who hid it because you forgot. And then all of a sudden it starts smelling <laughs> a few days later in your house until you finally find that egg. If you do really want to hide the real eggs, I recommend hiding them in the morning, not the night before. And as soon as they are found, get them back in the fridge. That way you can safely eat them later on. It is time for your challenge. In fact, I have a few challenges for you. I got layers of challenges. Beginner level challenge. Try to find fresh eggs from a farmer this year for Easter. Intermediate level challenge. If you already get eggs from a farmer, then try to find a farmer with cool, colorful eggs that you can use at Easter. If you are advanced in your sustainability game, your challenge is to get some baby chicks and raise some pet chickens. You're welcome if you needed permission from your spouse, I'm on your side. <laughs> Hopefully this is persuasive enough to get you some pet chickens because they are really cool and fun. And the ultimate challenge, if anybody is up for that, is to get chickens that lay colored eggs. Get chickens that lay colored eggs so you have them ready for Easter next year because by the time you get little baby chicks and they grow and it takes a while for them to lay eggs. But hey, if you do it now, that means a year from now, you're gonna have really cool, colorful eggs. And if you get lots of chickens and do that, you'll be the cool person that gets to pass out <laughs> colorful eggs to everybody in your family when they come over for Easter dinner. Next episode will be on April 10th. We will discuss how you can turn human waste into drinking water. I know you don't want to miss that. <laughs> I'll reveal the secrets on April 10th, which is the day after Easter. Until then, continue saving the world, get prepped and ready for Easter, and I will talk to you all again on April 10th. Have a great one. Bye.